It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham, and for the next 30 minutes or so, you will be Locked On Thunder. It's Tuesday. The Thunder are practicing today, but as of right now, I'm recording this at 1130. Their practice opens at around 1145 or noon. I'm not going to be able to make it today. I have a dentist appointment, so... uh, Ryan Chapman from 107.7, the franchise at Radio's Ryan should have some uh, tweets or some updates from Thunder Practice today, but no audio today. Sorry, had to go to the dentist. Couldn't uh, I actually? I think I rescheduled it from a few weeks ago because I wanted to go to a Thunder Practice. I think it ended up being the one where Dennis Schroeder talked about Russell Westbrook. So thankfully, I was able to reschedule that one, but had to get my teeth clean. Sadly, and also today's episode, I wanted to talk about everything that's going on in the world right now um, and how it concerns the NBA, how it concerns your favorite team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and how it concerns you, the listener. Um, Look, don't worry. I'm not going to be jumping on a political stance here. I'm not going to be jumping on a, you need to do this, you need to do that. I think we all understand what we need to be doing right now. But it's a sports podcast. I am a sports fan. And the good thing about sports is it does give you an escape from the harsh realities of the world at times. Now, it's always important to be mindful of those harsh realities, but, you know, like we're all human beings. We don't want to just think about depressing things all day long, and that's why sports is so valuable to a lot of people. It's why it's valuable to me. But uh, just a quick little aside, yesterday I was on remote uh, for 107.7 from 3 to 7 at Lucky Star Casino in El Reno, I was filling in for uh, Sam Mays because he was out sick, and he's fine, so don't worry. I'm assuming that he's been checked and everything, but he's fine because he's going back into work today. But I filled in for him yesterday, uh, for, again, for three to seven, so we had to talk about a lot of topics in four hours, and one of them was the coronavirus and how it's affecting you know, sports, how it's affecting everybody's lives. And so I was basically forced to talk about it. And so I want to get into that, um, how it's going to affect the Oklahoma City Thunder and practice and media availability and content on this podcast. So apologies for no practice audio today. But if you don't know who I am still, I've been covering the Thunder since 2014 and since 2018 with 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 The Franchise in Tulsa as their lead Thunder insider. You can hear me on The Franchise uh, Mondays and Wednesdays um, the Triple M Ranch show with Sam Mays and Chisholm Holland. I believe Monday I'm on 415. Wednesdays I'm on 515. You can hear me on Dylan and Todd. I just did my spot with them on from the 9 to noon show. Uh, we usually They usually call me around 1045 or 11, just depending on what's going on on the show that day. Uh, head coach of OU Basketball, Long Kruger, was on a little bit longer, so they had to bump me back a little bit back in time. So, hey, it's okay. I don't mind taking a back seat to Long Kruger. He's a Hall of Famer. You can subscribe to the OKC82 podcast as well. It's the postgame show that Madison Morris, Matt Burton, our producer, and I do after every single Thunder game home or away on the radio, 107.7, 107.9 in Tulsa. 
And if you don't get to tune into it live, don't worry. We put it on the OKC82 podcast feed for your listening pleasure. And then please tune in on Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. till noon to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show with John Hamm, Jerry Ramsey, Madison, and me. Thunder basketball, NBA topics, whatever under the sun of basketball. We have fun with it. Hopefully you enjoy listening. All right. Well, let's get right into it, everybody. So as you all are all very well aware, the NBA in joint with the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, soccer, basically all the, the, the major professional leagues in North America released a statement yesterday saying that they're going to limit media availability um, away from locker rooms pre and post game and that they will designate a certain area for the media to be able to ask players questions. Um, a six to eight foot radius will be set, you know, in, in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak that's affecting thousands of people around the world and sadly starting to slowly affect uh, quite a few people here in the United States. So I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. When I was a fan, when I was only a fan, so in high school when I was listening to sports radio or in college before I ever had dreams of covering a basketball team, covering a football team, I mean, whatever. I, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was in college. Like, I was a history major. I had no earthly idea. I was an Air Force brat, and unfortunately for us, I mean, fortunately, it, this was a good, great blessing, but in terms of school and thinking about what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, uh, unfortunately... About every two or three years until I was 16, um, my parents and I would have to move because just not everybody in the Air Force has to move all the time. Some people get to stay in the same base or the same area forever. And other people like my dad, because of his job, we had to constantly move. So that was a lot of constant changing schools, catching up in different schools because every school has different requirements and all that. So I didn't really have a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do growing up because I wasn't able to really try anything. I wasn't ever able to write for a school paper. The only extracurricular activities I ever tried were football, baseball, and basketball. It was just real basic for me. So anyway, while I'm a fan listening to sports radio about, you know, whatever media member is jumping on a soapbox saying, no, we the media deserve to be in the locker room, blah, 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 blah. Look... I, I would feel the same way probably a lot of you a lot of you listeners are feeling right now. I mean, he doesn't belong in the locker room. They don't. And look, I've been covering the Thunder in person for the, the last three years, and I still feel very awkward every time I walk in that locker room, and it's because that's their locker room. That's their sanctuary. That's, that's the place where that team goes, where they can say things, where they can air things out with the understanding that it will probably not leave that room. And that, that is a sacred place that I highly respect. And there is something wrong with the whole mentality of, well, this is the way we've been doing it forever. That doesn't just give you the green light to keep doing something. There's nothing wrong with progressing or getting better or doing things in a, in a different light. So when I was a fan and a listener, I would just basically go like, you don't deserve to be in there. And look, like I just said, as a media member, I still feel a little awkward now the respect that I've gained for the media side of things as I've become a member of the media 
is not necessarily for the post-game scrums in the locker room. That I can do without. I don't need to see Dennis Schroeder getting like out of the shower. I don't need to see these guys getting dressed, undressed. And it's not like we sit there and watch them. They're all getting dressed behind us. But, you know, when you're waiting for people to talk and you're talking to other people around you, your, your body wanders, your, your eyesight, like your whatever you're looking at kind of wanders. And it's just awkward, you know. I'm sure it's even more awkward for them. But where I've gained a huge respect for all this, for this entire funny thing, this funny job, is pregame availability in the locker room. And it's because we are never in, a, in an environment where players are readily available to basically, you know, we can go up and talk to them. When we, when we see them, we see them obviously at games playing. We can't talk to them there. We see them in post-game scrums where we can only talk to certain people players that the PR staff allows us to talk to. It's not like we can just go up to anybody while they're getting dressed. I mean, that's awkward anyway. And in some instances, you can get one-on-ones. It just really depends on the player's mood and whatever. We see them at practices. Well, they're out there shooting, you know, with their teammates. We can't just walk onto the practice floor and then go talk to Danilo Gallinari if you feel like it. No, we can only talk to whoever the Thunder PR staff brings to us. And so I, I get what you're at. I get what you're thinking right now. Like, where, what is the point of this? Like, where is this going? But for somebody like me, who got into this business like not in a classical way, the biggest thing is just simply trust. And it's hard to gain trust when you, you know, I, I wrote for a website first. You know, it's a website that these players at the, that I was covering at the time had no idea probably existed. And so when Brady Trantham from Thunder Digest is asking them questions, they have no incentive to really give me anything insightful. They have no incentive to basically do anything for me. Just give me cookie cutter answers. So what you do is you do the best that you can to simply just talk to them, to treat them like human beings, to try and connect to them on a human level. Because at least from my perspective, if I talk to a Deontay Burton a little bit more off the record, if I talk to Steven Adams a little bit more off the record, I understand how he clicks a little bit better. Therefore, I can ask him better questions. If there's a tough question in my head that I, I don't know how I'm going to ask Steven this, but if I've talked to him a handful of times in the locker room during pregame, then I'm probably better suited and better equipped to ask him the question, which would then hopefully lead to a cool answer that you all can listen to and appreciate or read in an article and appreciate. It just ends up being better content for you. And then from the player perspective, I feel like they at least have a better understanding of who you are, where you're coming from. They recognize your face. They recognize your voice. They understand that you're not coming at them from a combative standpoint. Cause these players understand it's a business, even though they may not like the media or like that side of it, they understand that, the media does have a place in this business that we call sports and sports entertainment. And when tough questions need to be asked, if they know who you are and they understand where you're coming from and you guys have a rapport with each one another, they're not going to be offended by the question more times than not. Now, sometimes emotions just run too damn high and there's nothing you can do about it. And I've been on the opposite end of that with Russell Westbrook before. And it's, it's okay. I don't take any offense to it. But surprisingly, like Russell Westbrook and I, we actually had a good little rapport. Something I was always really proud of and early on in my career was that Russell Westbrook, whenever I would ask him questions, he would look me in the eye. And you've all heard the stories about how Russell Westbrook just doesn't look at anybody when he answers questions. He just looks off into space. 
for whatever reason, he would always look me in the eye. And I truly think it's because during pregame avail- availability, a few times only because he was incredibly unapproachable in the locker room pregame. But there were a few times where I would just go up and talk to him about his shoes. There would be a few times where I'd go up and talk to him or ask him about something that he was wearing. And he was always willing to talk about that stuff. And I think that the, those simple human connections, those simple human interactions lead to better what ultimately matters to you, the listener or the sports fan, better content for you to consume and appreciate. So that's the thing that worries me about losing pregame availability. Now, really quick before our first break, as we get into the reason for that, I mean, obviously everybody understands the coronavirus. I do appreciate that the leagues are being proactive in something that we simply just don't really have a huge understanding of. And we'll get into that after the first break, but I appreciate that. I appreciate that the leagues are looking out for everybody's safety, uh, media, team personnel, players, coaches, all that. I appreciate that. I just hope that two or three months from now, hopefully, you know, God willing, science is kind of caught up to this. We have a better understanding of it. We have a better understanding of how to contain it. And then people stop getting sick. People stop dying. Hopefully we can then look back on this and go, whew, that was close. But now let's return to our regular scheduled format and our regular scheduled programming with the NBA. Let us back in the locker room, please. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And welcome back to the Locked On Thunder podcast, everybody. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Brady Trantham. Now, I don't know about you guys, you gals, but I mean, I'll just go ahead and admit, like, it's, it's really tough for me to like talk about this because one, I know I understand a lot of people have certain opinions on it. I understand that you're listening to a sports podcast because you don't want to be bothered with like real world problems. And I get that sports is a great escape from not just bad things that go on in the world, but just, you know, like whether it's like BS at our job, like I don't want to talk about BS at my job. When I come home, I want to watch the game and be entertained and then go to sleep. Like I get that. And I respect that. But it was even hard for me yesterday on a four-hour radio show where sports is still a sanctuary for me. Like, even though I cover the NBA and I cover the Thunder, it's still entertainment to me. I'm still thankful every day that this is my office. When when the Thunder play a home game and I sit at press row, I thank God every day that that is my office because it is so fun. I mean, there are a lot of negatives, just like there are a lot of negatives, uh, pros and cons or whatever. There are a lot of cons for um, everybody's situation. The pros certainly outweigh the cons in this 
uh, particular situation. But I can't even escape it right now with the coronavirus. I can't even escape it because it's now it's now seeping in, no pun intended, into sports with tournaments being canceled, with locker room availability that we already talked about being uh, taken away. A lot of different things are starting to happen. There's talk of playing games without fans. I know Italy and Premier League is not going to play. Uh, they're not going to play games with fans. It's going to be all behind closed doors. How is that going to affect everything? I mean, there's still so many questions, and they're, they're silly questions because the real question that needs to be answered has to do with, like, how do we save people's lives here? Like, that's the important thing. But it's it's hard to it's hard to even, like, be entertained because it's, like I said, it's seeping into sports. So, again, apologies for this episode if, if it's turning you off, but... I'll just I'll just see if like anyone's vibing with this because the thing that really pisses me off and apologies for the language but the thing that really does piss me off it's just the lack of consistent understanding lack of consistent information if I decide to read something about the coronavirus from one you know respected source that respected source is telling me to do one end of the spectrum and then five minutes later I can read something completely different from another respected source and they're telling me to do the opposite end of the spectrum there is no middle ground and it's because there is just no simple understanding of what's going on there's no simple understanding of that of how to test for it or that we should test for it it's it's so it's so annoying and it's so stressful and like I said I can't just turn on sports mode and watch highlights or watch games or read about sports like I do every day or even talk about it without being reminded that this is a thing. <laughs> like even on my spot with uh, Dylan and Todd, the first 15 minutes of our spot, we talked about the coronavirus. And look, it's healthy to talk about. I even talked about it with my parents last night. I'm getting a little stressed about it because uh, while Twitter can sometimes be a, uh, a mindless legion of stupidity and idiocy <laughs> it's often very you know I, I it's often a tool that i appreciate I'm, I'm able to communicate with people i'm able to learn a lot of great information you know whether it be like stats or even news you know there's a lot of good things about twitter but i can't log on to twitter without seeing like death toll has risen or like more cases have been or tested positive or this has happened and again it, it's it's important to know these things I'm just basically trying to justify the reason why I'm talking about this on a Locked on Thunder podcast. And again, like I'm not going to be able to go to practice today because I have a dentist appointment in a few hours. So hopefully if they practice tomorrow, I'll be able to go and get audio for you guys so we can, like I said a little bit earlier, return to our regular scheduled programming. But it's, you know, it's something that's going to affect, you know, all of our lives. It's something that's going to affect the sports realm even and it's, it's already starting to affect it. So it's going to be interesting to see how things are, are altered, how things are changed. But rest assured, as long as I can do this, I will continue to do Locked on Thunder for you all. And hopefully next time we are talking about sports things and happy things and things that make us either laugh and, and smile or cry and cuss in anger because our team choked a lead or something like that. Like if you're a Boston Celtics fan. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. 
Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And I won't, get, I won't leave you guys with absolutely no thunder talk. Because I was asked a handful of times yesterday on the Triple M Ranch when I filled in for Sam Mays, basically about the best case scenario for the Thunder in the postseason because we're 18 games away from that uh, the Utah Jazz lost last night so now if the Thunder beat the Jazz Wednesday night in Oklahoma City the Thunder will be the fourth seed which would mean if the playoffs st- started the following day the Thunder are hosting the fifth seed for the first round in the NBA postseason truly incredible no doubt but I was asked basically on the radio if I would pick the Thunder in a first round series. And I said, no. And it was mainly because it was just such a general question. Like who are they playing? Are they playing Dallas? Are they playing Houston? Are they playing Utah, Denver, the LA teams? Like more times than not, I'm probably going to not pick the thunder in a first round series. And even if I had a specific opinion on any of those matchups, I still might pick the opponent of the Oklahoma City Thunder in a first-round series. But I did make sure to specify that, you know, it once it becomes a reality, you know, a month from now, once it becomes a reality that the Thunder are playing this team, and then I've looked at the matchups, and I've looked at the numbers, and I look how each team is trending, and even though, tr- you know, the whole playing your best basketball at the end of the year, I think I always feel like is a little overblown, but oh, oh well, so it helps some players. It doesn't help other players. Uh, Russell Westbrook. You know, I might have a different opinion, but just overall, I don't, I'm not going to pick the Thunder to win a first round series. But if you do want to get specific and let's get hypothetical for a moment, because I don't want everyone to be angry at me because I didn't talk about sports for the first part of this podcast. And now like the one I do talk about sports, I'm pissing you all off because I'm not picking the Thunder. If the Thunder, for whatever reason, draw Dallas, I would pick the Thunder. Luka Doncic is frightening, yes. Kristaps Porzingis is potentially frightening, and he's been very good for a month, yes. But then outside of those two, it is a whole lot of nothing. And I feel like a smart team like the Oklahoma City Thunder would basically just have the understanding of, well, just let Luka do his thing, stop everybody else. We can stop Kristaps Porzingis, turn this into a one-man show as best as we can. I feel like the Thunder, there is a blueprint for a Thunder victory in that series. Houston. I think I'd pick Oklahoma City, and it mainly has to do with the fact that Houston is very, very bad, especially in their last four games. Um, the style of basketball they've chosen to go all in on, I think the NBA is starting to catch up to how to defend it. I'm, I, I think the NBA is kind of, you know, just like with individual cases, like when a rookie, like I've talked about a handful of times in this podcast, when a rookie like takes the league by fire for the first 10 or so games of his career and then all of a sudden he hits a wall, well, it's because teams now have enough film to scout you. They have enough like instances like, okay, you like to pump fake and then go left. Well, then force him to go right. Oh, wait, he can't. Oh, you're done unless you can alter your game. And I think that's kind of happened with Houston. And then the whole factor of Russell Westbrook in the postseason the last few years, 
is not very pretty. James Harden in the postseason, pretty much his entire career is not pretty. The game slows down. And they're just too hot and cold. And the Thunder are just steady. They are consistent. And I feel like I would err more on the side of consistency than I would on hot and cold Houston Rockets. So I think I'd probably pick the Thunder. The Utah Jazz is probably where I draw the line. Basically put, if the Thunder draw the Jazz in the 4-5 matchup and the Thunder win, it wouldn't shock me. Utah has been so schizophrenic this year. Uh, they've been up and down. They went through a long winning streak without Mike Conley. Mike Conley comes back, and they start losing again. Uh, they, they mix match like we're going to sit Mike Conley. No, we're not going to sit him. We're going to sit Joe Ingles. You know, just a whole bunch of. It reminds me of the mellow Paul George Russell Westbrook year where we knew all this talent on this team. They had a bunch of great names. Why is it not working? It, it kind of reminds me of that. So. And I understand there are probably reasons for that. And as we get closer to the Utah matchup, I'll dive into their numbers, some of their lineups, just to get a better understanding. Because outside of the two games that the Thunder have played the Jazz, and they've, of course, split those games, uh, losing the first one first of the year and winning the second one on the second night of a back-to-back, outside of those two games, I've really been able to dive into Utah except from just an outside perspective. But if the Thunder were to win that series, it wouldn't shock me because of those reasons for the schizophrenia of that team. But Utah's more talented than Oklahoma City, and that's why I would pick Oklahoma City to not win a first-round series in the first place, if you're just generally asking me that question, because I'm more of the opinion that talent wins out in most cases, even though I've covered the Thunder for the last two years and they've had the most talent. And then you get into the Denvers and the L.A. teams, and those are just matchups. I don't think the Thunder simply have enough superstar power for. Because you then also get into the conversation of, we don't know how Shea Gilles Alexander is going to react to the postseason. We saw him perform well last year, but in an absolute reserve role. When he's one of, like when he's 1A or 1B the guy, we don't know how he's going to react to the bright lights of the postseason, to the... Uh, the scheme of the opponent, we don't know. He's still very young in his career. Darius Baisley returning is going to be very important. I truly believe that some of the defensive slippage in terms of defensive rating numbers for the Oklahoma City Thunder over the last few weeks, I truly feel a lot of that has to do with uh, the loss of Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley is not going to win Rookie of the Year, but that guy is a steady defensive player off the bench, especially for being so young. He has a high basketball IQ, He's a steady force defensively off the bench, and the Thunder have certainly missed that. If he's able to come back, where is he health-wise? Is he back 100%? How does that affect the Thunder going into the postseason? And then how does he even react to the postseason himself? The Thunder have a lot of young players. Well, everybody, I truly appreciate you sitting through all that. I tried my best to give you some good Thunder content and Thunder conversation at the end. Um, Again... I hope I didn't offend anybody with like any political stance. I am simply just annoyed that we don't have any consistent information, understanding. Everything just seems so polar opposite, just like politics. It's either right or wrong, left or right, red or blue. You know, like, come on, we're all human beings. We all have the same desire here. Let's just go for it. Screw everything else. Throw everything out. Let's just get to the bottom of it so that we can all get better and move on with our lives. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to Locked on Thunder. I truly, truly appreciate it. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Thunder. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on Thunder. 
or Locked On NBA. Have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 